up, homies? Welcome back to episode two of the NFL 2023 regular season preview. I'm the host of this Outkick Bets podcast, Shindig Jeff Clark, and I'm here with the homie Dan Z, and we're going to break down both North divisions and the uh, AFC and NFC conference. Uh, I think they're two of the toughest divisions to handicap and preview. You have been doing a team-by-team preview series. Have you started looking at the AFC North and NFC North, or are you just going to parachute in um, like you do every every podcast episode? Actually, what's worked out doing it the way we're doing it right now is that we did the West last week, and then I went and wrote my previews, and I actually put the link to the podcast in every single one of those, so you're welcome. I, I appreciate that. People helping people. It's powerful stuff. That's right. I throw the link in my own podcast and every one of my write-ups as well. I also do a pretty good job of linking back um, fellow Outkick writer stuff in my in my um, whatever my my handicaps or whatever I'm writing. So I help you out. You help me out. We help each other out here at Outkick. It's a it's a pretty good team effort over here in Outkick. Believe it or not. Yeah. As soon as uh, as soon as we get out, kick Beth with Jeff Clark and Dan Z, then we we can start talking. Yeah, we'll we'll bring that up in your next contract negotiations. <laughs> I'll pass along a note to the uh, to the higher ups, and we'll see if we can get you on the marquee. But you do some good work, especially when it comes to the NFL. So I'm happy to be podcasting with you about this stuff. Um, I'll let you call which division we start with, or which conference uh, we start with out up in the north. You want to do AFC so, and NFC? Yeah. Um, I I disagree with you partially. And that is, I think the AFC North is arguably the hardest division to handicap in the entire NFL. I don't think the A, the I'm sorry, did I say AFC? I meant AFC. I think the AFC North is the hardest division to handicap in the entire league. I think the NFC North is not. Okay. So let's start with the NFC North then. Vikings are going to win the division, and I'm definitely betting on Kirk Cousins to win the MVP. You said, <laughs> what's Kirk Cousins to win the MVP right now? Uh, I believe plus 5,000. Well, that's a lock. Maybe. I don't know. I have to look. Was I already, he even I already... on the ballot last year? Yeah, I bet him last year too. Uh, you know, the. Yeah, he's plus five thousand. That's correct. That's what I got him at. I mean, look, I'm not even break the bankroll. I didn't put a hundred. I didn't put a thousand bucks on Kirk Cousins to win fifty grand, but uh, I did. I did throw ten bucks on it to win five hundred. Um, he definitely have some room for improvement in his basic numbers. He only had twenty nine touchdowns, which is. Like- I think it's wild that he has the same odds to win MVP as Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. I agree with that. I don't even know which one should be starting for the 49ers. Right. Neither do the books. That's why they just put them both at 50 to one. Like, well, one of them's going to start. San Francisco's probably going to be one of the top teams in the NFC. So therefore one of them is going to at least be at the very least in the running for it by quarterbacking one of the best teams in the NFC. But yeah, that it still feels like a misprice that cousins would be the same number as those two he is the same number he's the same number as daniel jones which i also think is insane i think his odds of winning the mvp are far greater than daniel jones 
He is the same odds as Kenny Pickett, which I actually kind of like Pickett. We're going to get into this in a little bit. Whoa, whoa. Wait a second. I don't hate Pickett. Listen. We're not going to get off track. I like the Vikings to win this division. um, And I think it's, I think it's, I think Detroit is good. I think they're going to make the playoffs in a very weak NFC. But I think, like even Dan Campbell said recently, the the hype train is out of control. Like they're too trendy for me. Yeah, and they're they're subbing out like four defensive starters. Granted, they need to, and I I appreciate that the the Detroit Lions uh, addressing their their defense. Actually, we'll talk about Detroit in a second. Here, let me just go through the the Vikings odds. You already talked about Kirk Cousins for MVP at plus five thousand. Uh, the Vikings win the Super Bowl is plus 3,500 to win the NFC plus 1,800 to win the NFC North, which you also like, plus 275. Yes, in the playoffs is plus 115. No is minus 135. And their over-under wins is 8.5, minus 110 each way. So the market is kind of um, – uh, it's a toss-up in the market about whether or not they're going to they're gonna have a winning season. I lean towards I'm, them having a winning, winning season. We we created like a um, a mock NFL parlay for for division winners last week, and I had the Vikings in there. But that's the one that I was, I guess, most nervous about or most um, unsure about. And based on the odds, I think my favorite pick would be the the, the Packers because it's four to one, and I, and I I like Matt Lafleur and I like the roster. But I don't know, I. I go back to my original statement. This, this division's tough, dude. Because I think you can make an, an equal... I think you can make a good case for for three of the four teams. I, I'm not listening to the Bears. The Bears are way overhyped, in my opinion. But you can make a good case for the Lions, for for the Packers, I think. I'll try to do for both. And Vikings, here's, like... Here's what it comes down to for me, man. Like, Not only is Kirk Cousins the best quarterback in this division, I don't think it's particularly close. And I will not stand for any slander of anyone who is going to put Goff, Love, or Fields anywhere near Kirk Cousins' territory. He's the best quarterback in this division. It's not close. And since we already talked about the West last week, I will tell you my other <clears throat> excuse me, my other favorite bet. I usually make a couple of these every year just for fun, which is Super Bowl exact result preseason. Uh, Chargers over Vikings is plus thirty five thousand. And I will be betting five dollars on that to win seventeen fifty. <laughs> uh, I haven't even thought about who I who, who last year. I actually had one of my two exact results preseason was Bengals over 49ers. and I mean they both ended up in the final four, so I feel like the analysis there was pretty solid. I had the Saints who didn't make the playoffs over the the Buffalo Bills who got just boat raced by the Cincinnati Bengals. So that ticket was dead once the playoffs started. Um, Kirk Cousins. So a lot of people are fading the Vikings this year because they won 11 one-score games last year. And that's like one of those, those regression metrics. They also were terrible on defense they were 26 in net yards per play and they have a first place schedule the 25th easiest schedule so that'd be on the hard side according to warren sharp but 
Kirk Cousins led the NFL with eight game-winning drives and eight quarter, fourth-quarter comebacks with a rookie head coach. Now, my knock on Kirk Cousins for most of his career is that he wasn't able to win those close games. And he 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 would throw um, short of the line of scrimmage or the uh, short of the, the, the um, yards to gain for first down or, or short of the end zone on um, – on like third and goals. That was always my knock on him, but he stopped doing that last year for the most part. And I think the eight game winning drives and eight fourth quarter comebacks isn't fluky. I think that's, that's impressive. Like I give him, um, I give him props for doing that. And they also added Jordan Addison, um, from USC, the wide receiver to put alongside Justin Jefferson, who's the best wide receiver in the business probably. Um, so I like their wide receiver core, uh, their defense is terrible. They got Brian Flores to be the defensive coordinator this offseason. I absolutely love Brian Flores. I just don't know if this defense is going to be good immediately. One angle that I heard that I find kind of concerning is that Kirk Cousins is a lame duck quarterback this year. Do you know that? He's in the final year I, of his contract, and they haven't extended yeah. him. But except <laughs> you can't really – Use the term lame duck because it doesn't ever apply in in this context. Because essentially, the idea a fun of a way to say it, I don't know. Essentially, a lame duck pre- like politician president is that you can't get anything done because you're going to be gone. Kirk Cousins is playing for his football future here. Like, is he going to get paid? Like, there's a lot on the line this season for Kirk Cousins. I think that makes him more likely contract here to play great this year. Absolutely. And it doesn't do anything to you that Dalvin Cook left. That's fourteen hundred all-purpose yards, ten touchdowns. I kind of like under Alex Alexander Madison nine hundred yards rushing. This dude averaged three point seven yards per attempt in twenty twenty one, three point eight yards per attempt in twenty twenty two. I wish the Vikings wouldn't run the ball at all this year. That's what I wish. Oh, so if Alex Alexander Madison went under. That would be a game plan that you enjoy. Yes, they should be trying to get the ball to Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison as much as possible. Like every play. What are the concerns with you or for you in betting the Minnesota Vikings? None. Jeez. Oh, All right. Supremely underrated team. Like, just Kirk Cousins is like super underrated. The Vikings, I feel like, are super underrated. I said this going into last year about how important last season was for both Cousins and the Vikings. They finally got rid of Mike Zimmer, who was just an anchor around Cousins' neck. And they brought in Kevin O'Connell, who can actually coach and who tries to do things and innovate. And they won 13 games and won the, they won the division. Like, yeah, their defense let them down in the playoffs, but they still scored 24 points. Like, this is a team that I said going into last year I loved. They paid that off, and there's no reason to think that they're not going to get better in year two under O'Connell. Well, their defense the Packers was, got worse. was terrible. The Packers got worse. The Bears are the still terrible, and the Lions are pretty good. I think the Vikings are better than the Lions. So I'm not sure if the Packers got worse because Aaron Rodgers, for the most part, mailed it in last year. I think the Bears actually got better because last year they were feisty in some games. 
Uh, they lost a lot of one-score games, but they also pretty obviously tanked at the end of the year. And so just by just by them trying for a full 17 games, I think will be better. And I think the Detroit Lions got better just because of the continuity um, and running it back year over year. I, I love the, the running it back. So if anything, I would probably lean to the – actually, I just feel like eight and a half is like – a perfect number. I, I lean to the Vikings going nine and eight and going slightly over, but I'm not going to bet that number. Um. All right. Well, let's move on to the Detroit Lions then, who you are lukewarm on, I guess, but the market loves not them. Luke, not lukewarm. I I just think that the hype has surpassed where they should be. Not lukewarm. I I like the lions i think they're easily the second best team in this division and i think they're going to make the playoffs like how is that lukewarm on the lions because i don't think they're going to win the super bowl or win the division i'm lukewarm on a team that hasn't made the playoffs in ever i think they're going to make the playoffs and i'm lukewarm see that right there tells you where everyone else is on the lines i'm lukewarm on them making say by saying they're going to make the playoffs for the first time since 2016 and that's not high enough on the lines for the for the for everyone else. Do you GTFO. have your Do you have your seven NFC playoff teams ready to go? Do you know who you who you who you got making the playoffs? Bro, I'm like two divisions into my preview. What is this? What are you making me do here? Well, I figured you would think about it if you said they were going to be one of your playoff teams. Yeah, I will go with. I mean, you're putting me on the spot here, but I like the Vikings, the Lions, the 49ers, the Seahawks. The Eagles, the Cowboys, and the winner of the South. Okay. Um, the Detroit Lions are plus 2,200 to win the Super Bowl. They're the ninth. They have the ninth best odds in the whole league. Um, they are plus 1,100 to win the NFC, plus 140 to win the NFC North, which may have changed. Yes, to make the playoffs is minus 165, and no, to make the playoffs is plus 140. Uh, the Ravens are minus 170 to make the playoffs, which is kind of crazy. I mean, maybe that's just more of an example of how much difficult, how much more tough uh, the AFC is compared to the NFC. And then the Detroit right. Lions are got nine and a half win total with uh, the over juice to minus 120, the under sitting at even money. Um, yeah, I think this one's uh, I'm struggling with the Detroit Lions 2023 preview as well on one hand I love Dan Campbell but on the other hand I'm not a huge Jared Goff fan and I struggle to answer whether or not Jared Goff is going to be over the quarterback a top five to top 10 offense again for a second straight year I mean that's pretty much what the metrics say the Detroit Lions were last year and they were in rough shape and with um with their wide receiver core. Um, Jamison Williams didn't play for much of the season. He's missing the first four games of this season, but he should be good to go after that. Um, we saw Amon St. Brown um, flourish into a, the possibly a bona fide number one wide receiver, damn near a Pro Bowl wide receiver. But this defense was terrible. This is actually the NFC North might be like the best fantasy football um, division in, in in the league just because all four defenses were awful last year. So all these guys, all these all these skill position players might be able might be able to score, uh, score you some fantasy points this year. Um, I just think that 
the biggest storyline from from the the Detroit Lions offseason was how badly they butchered the first their first round and the draft. Like they took two non-premium positions, um Jameer Gibbs running back and um um Campbell, the the linebacker from Iowa, but like Detroit's running back room was a strength in 2022. So, I don't I think Gibbs is better than the two people they got rid of. But I thought it was an unnecessary move, and they should have gotten maybe a Jalen Carter or a defensive defensive lineman to, to to help out Aiden Hutchinson. And Campbell, you know, he's a good player and was awesome. Well, he was awesome in college, but I mean, linebacker is a position that's been devalued in recent seasons. So I thought they looked at themselves as like we're close to it, and we're close to a championship. We just got to put ourselves over. And I thought that was a little reckless. I think they should have gotten more quality um, position players. Yeah. I wrote about that many times. I completely agree with that assessment. Um, this is a nine and eight team that went into the draft. Like they were the reigning Super Bowl champions. Like we just need to add at positions. We'll just make us ourselves a little bit better and we'll, we'll, we'll be right back there. But they missed the playoffs last year. <laughs> went nine and eight. I understand they did a lot of damage towards the end of the year and and people tend to there's that recency bias again people look at that Lions nine and eight season and go like well you know they won they started one and six so they finished eight and two and they think that that's just going to be their team from now on but they started one and six for a reason like you know this idea that everything's just going to turn and you know they benefited quite a bit from not a very tough schedule last year too. Like if you look at who they beat, I don't know. I, I, again, I like the Lions. They're probably a 10 win team, but I totally agree with your assessment that they went into the draft as though they were just adding to an already completely loaded roster, which I do think their roster is strong uh, uh, for sure. But I'm with you with having picking where they did in the top, 15 to take a running back I thought was reckless is a good word and I think that's I think that's the word I would use as well yeah I mean they're all their roster is strong if you're getting the same production out of Jared Goff this year as you did last year I mean last year you can find metrics that would say he's a top 10 quarterback in the league no one no one believes that right but like well some people do but I don't all right. Well, no one on this podcast believes that, but <laughs> um, he, you know, if he if he can continue to play like he did last year, then yeah, you know, maybe they do have a good roster. You could argue that, but their defense is is too weak to to bet the Detroit Lions, the con- the cursed Detroit Lions, as as favorites in this division. So it's just it's as simple as like knowing that and betting that, like. I'm going to bet the favorite who are the Detroit Lions who didn't make the playoffs last year to win this division. Which, again, let's see. Do you know the last time the Detroit Lions won their division? Do you have it in front of you? Yeah. I will guess. Jeez, man. They probably didn't do it in any single Matthew Stafford year. I'll throw out a guess. I'll, I'll say they did. I, I'll guess 2010. 1993. Shit. I was at, my other guess is 94. All right. Fair enough. It has been almost. Well, this would be. I mean, I guess you could make that case. Like, this is the 30th anniversary season of their last division title. 
So maybe they're due to do it again. But yeah, a team hasn't won its division since 1993. They haven't won a playoff game since 1991. And they're the consensus favorites to win the division preseason. It's it's wild. I mean, look, stuff happens, right? Like teams turn around quickly in the NFL. We've seen it before. There's always like a a worst to first story where a team, you know, finishes last in the division and makes a run. But like usually they come out of nowhere. It's not with this much pomp and circumstance. That's what just makes me so nervous about this team. Yeah, and on average, five, I guess five teams that made the the postseason missed the postseason the next year. That's why. That's another reason why I think the Vikings are a trendy pick to miss the playoffs, and the Lions are a trendy pick to to win the win the division, make the playoffs. Um, which obviously the Vikings and 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 the Giants who who beat them in the playoffs are the two most likely teams on paper to to miss the playoffs next year. Well. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course. So those are three teams that everyone's kind of looking and expecting to miss the playoffs. I would say the Buccaneers being the first, Giants second, and the 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 Vikings the third most likely team to miss the playoffs from that group that I just named. Um, but I don't got anything really else in the Detroit Lions. I was looking at, um, I guess the other thing that I would have would be, uh, I do think Amon St. Brown can play, and his... Um, his receiving yards prop is one fifty and a half. Um, it's juiced to minus one fifteen on the over. Last year, say he, that again. Amon St. Brown is, <clears throat> excuse me, his wide receiving yards prop is one thousand and fifty yards. Oh, one thousand and fifty. Okay. You did you did you hear? Or did I say fifteen hundred? I heard 150, and then I thought you might have been talking about catches, and then I was like, wait a minute, it can't possibly be over under 150 catches. No, no, sorry. I missed that 1050 up. is what you meant to say. Yeah. Or maybe you did say that. Maybe I misheard you. Either way, I just wanted to get that clear, because if I was confused, someone else listening might be confused. But his receiving yards prop is 1050. Yeah. Juiced last... to go over. Yep. Last year, he was at 1160. Um and he, according to PFF, was the, I'm going to pull this up real quick, was the second best wide receiver in football. Um, pretty sure he's behind Tariq Hill on PFF's grades. And they line him all up, uh, all over the, um, all over the line of scrimmage. He, uh, he runs at a slot, he runs at a wide, so... He's very versatile. They're not going to have Jamison Williams for the first four games. I, I I like him to go over that number, even if Jared Goff takes a step back this year. Um, but and I'm not crazy about betting, you know, minus one fifteen uh, future. So I'm just kind of giving it out as like an unlimited bankroll bet, you know. Um, but moving on to the the uh, excuse me the Green Bay Packers who finish what were they eight and nine last year they lost in week 18 at home um and a must win to the detroit lions detroit lions really rained on their parade uh currently the detroit or the green bay packers are plus 6500 to win the super bowl plus 3000 when the nfc plus 400 to win the nfc north um the yes to make the playoffs plus 180 the no is minus 210 their wins are seven and a half with the over juiced to minus 120. 
Um, I'm not ruling out Jordan Love being a possible um, franchise or possible franchise quarterback. Yeah, I'll go with that because it's pretty vague. You know, I think he could be anywhere from the 12th to 20th best quarterback in the league and, and a legitimate starter. If he wasn't, that wouldn't be shocking either. Um, but I like what I saw to Jordan Love and very, very uh, limited um, snaps or, or um, dropbacks. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I believe, mailed it in last year. He's 20th in EPA and, and uh, completion percentage over expectation, 27th in QBR. Um, this upcoming season, according to Cleve TA, the Green Bay Packers have the easiest strength to schedule versus pass defenses. And I think Christian Watson's a pretty good wide receiver. So I can see Jordan Love uh, um, having a decent year behind a strong Green Bay offensive line, um, solid running game to help him out. So I'm not uh, anti-Jordan Love. Do you you think he sucks, or how do you feel about Jordan Love? Um, I mean, we haven't seen enough of him to really form a – solid opinion i've seen a little bit what i've seen from him doesn't scream that this is a guy who's going to be super successful especially this season um i think he could be okay but i don't know that i would ever look at him as a potential top 10 to 15 quarterback i would back that number up that you gave you said 12 to 20 i think he's probably more likely to fall in the back half 16 17 16 17 to like 24 it could be that guy if that's what you consider a franchise quarterback. I don't. I think. I think it's pretty pretty straightforward. But twelve to sixteen is a quarterback you're okay starting your season with, and I think sixteen to twenty four or worse is someone you're looking to to either upgrade a uh, position you're looking to upgrade or I don't know land a new quarterback in the draft, which is the same difference. Um, Green Bay's defense like was again this whole division's defense is just terrible but they were they were piss poor they were 28th in yards per play allowed 27th in EPA defensive EPA um they spent the second least amount of money on free agency behind the Los Angeles Rams so i know Matt LaFleur his first was it two or three seasons the Green Bay Packers won 13 games i think it was his first three seasons right Either way, um, Matt LaFleur killed it out the gate. So they're assuming that, hey, you get Aaron Rodgers, who was a Debbie Great. Downer. You get you get him off the uh, off the team. You, you, you kind of get a, a jolt of uh, life, hopefully, with uh, Jordan Love. Matt LaFleur, um, a possible coach of the year guy, could, could uh, take this roster that's already had success and, and get him back to over 10 wins. It's something that I'm not anti. Um, I think they're going to finish with a winning record. I, I have them at around nine and eight, uh, and I do actually believe Rodgers could be um, his departure could be addition by subtraction. A bank, uh, a, an unlimited bankroll bet that I do like, dude. The Green Bay Packers to start five and zero at plus twenty two hundred. So here's their <coughs> their first five games at Chicago. We're going to talk about them in a second. I think they're going to probably suck. The worst team in the division. At Atlanta, who could be good, but they could be bad as well with Desmond Ritter. Um, and, great analysis, Jeff. I love that out of you. Well, 
<laughs> Falcons could be good. They could be bad. It's gonna that's gonna be one of the two for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people have them as like a sleeper candidate to win the NFC. I've heard I've heard people say that, and a lot of people also like them to win the NFC South. I'm not there with the Atlanta Falcons, um, so I think that's a variable winnable winnable game. And then they host the New Orleans Saints, they host the Detroit Lions, and they visit the Las Vegas Raiders. So I think plus twenty two hundred is a good number, and I think they could, I think they could uh, cash that ticket, start out hot. And then if you like the Minnesota Vikings or the Detroit Lions, maybe bet an adjusted NFC North price uh, post week five, if if you think that they uh, that the, those first five games to the Packers are are easy ones. Yeah, because the Vikings' schedule to start is brutal. Who's like, their first five games? Uh, well, they start at home against Tampa. That's a win. But then they have to go to Philly on a short week. Dude, they hold on. I like Tampa plus six and a half in that game. I figured you would. Uh, all right, so you have the Vikings. Are we going to go heads up on that one? Possibly 0-2. Then they host the Chargers, a team I like a lot. Then they go to Carolina, who I think is going to be better this year. Then they host the Chiefs. So they play the two Super Bowl teams from last year in the first five weeks, plus the Chargers. So... Even if you disagree with my Green Bay Packers analysis, you do see the point of maybe jumping in on the Vikings at a, after after they probably get smacked by the by the the Chiefs, right? Yeah, because it, actually, I really love this analysis because if you look at the Vikings schedule, it lightens up after Week Seven, really. So they start with the Bucks, Eagles, Chargers, Panthers, Chiefs. I see them probably going two and three in that five-game stretch. Then they play the Bears, who I think they'll beat. And then they host the 49ers. So they play three of the four finalists from last season in the first seven games. And then they play Green Bay, Atlanta, New Orleans, Denver, Chicago, and the Raiders as their next six games. Yeah. Week 16, 17, 18, they play the Lions twice and the Packers sandwich in there. So they're... Very, and a tight division, They those could essentially all be playoff games. Right. Yeah, I kind of like that look of waiting on the Vikings um, at least after, possibly even after week three, depending on how you think the Packers will shake out, because I think the Vikings are going to start one and two. You wouldn't wait until the Chiefs game? I mean, they host the Chiefs, but... Well, again, it just depends sort of what you think about the Packers. I mean, at that point, if the Packers are three and zero, and the Vikings are one and two, I mean, they're going to beat the Panthers. I would think. To, I mean, if they go one and one in the next two games. If the Packers go one and one, it's I don't. It's kind of going to be the same number now. Yeah, no, it's a good. I point. mean, if you really think the Packers are going to go five and zero, then yeah, I would wait. But I just I wouldn't bet on the Packers going five and zero. What about a twenty-two to one? I'm just kidding. All right, let's go on to the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are kind of a sleeper team. I've heard some people give them out to win this division. Um, They are now tied with the Green Bay Packers for the worst odds um, to win the NFC North, but still only 4-1, plus 3,000 win the NFC, plus 5,000 win the Super Bowl. Yes to make the playoffs is plus 155, no is minus 180. 
They're over under win total seven and a half with the over heavily juiced to minus one thirty. Uh, the 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 pro argument for the Bears um, taking a step forward, or let's just say go over their win total, is Justin Fields having a slight improvement with his um, passing ability, but holding that um, elite running ability. Um, just the natural progression up to the mean on their one score. Uh, results. They were one and seven last year on one score games. They have a huge jump in strength and schedule to the good. They have the fifth easiest strength of schedule this year, and they were 28th in um, strength of schedule on the, the hard side last year, according to Warren Sharp. And they have, I already kind of mentioned it with Justin Fields. He had a thousand yards last year, but they have a pretty insane rushing attack. They, they're good run blocking. They're 11th in yards per snap per, uh, uh, line yards per snap, fifth and run block winning rate. And that kid Khalil Herbert was first and rush, rushing yards over expectation per attempt. Um, the weaknesses are also, or the, 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 the knocks against Chicago uh, going over their win total is also Justin Fields passing. Both backups, Nathan Peterman and P.J. Walker, had better passing grades last year than Justin Fields. Nathan Peterman... Perhaps the worst quarterback in the NFL in NFL history. Um, I would I would go Josh Rosen, but yeah, it's close. Josh Rosen had more of a, uh, a leash because he was drafted high. I feel like if 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 Nathan Peterman attempted as many passes as Josh Rosen did, he would have been worse. But either way, uh, they're both pretty terrible. He only had 200 passing yards once last year on week th- 13. He was 24th in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. He had 27 turnovers, dude. 27. I had to look at it like three times. He had 11 interceptions and 16 fumbles. Ugh. Fumbles Ugh. lost, though? You know what? I, I, I'm i going to look at it a fourth time because it's such a ridiculous number. I, I don't think there's no way he lost 16 fumbles. That cannot possibly be correct. He lost 16 fumbles. Uh, oh, no, no, no. He fumbled it 16 times. It, it's number of times fumbled, both lost and recovered by own team. Excuse me. He fumbled 16 times. So, yeah, no, I didn't think that was right. Because that's man, just that's confusing. Impossible. Because they, they usually have on pro football reference, they usually have fumbles and then fumbles lost next to it. But because they didn't have fumbles lost, I just. Team rankings only has him losing two of those 16, which also seems ludicrous that he put the ball on the ground 16 times and only actually turned it over twice. So if that's the case, I'm going to look up to this now. Uh, Cleve TA, this NFL gambler, tracks this, this stuff, their fumble luck recovery. If that's the case, and their fumble luck recovery is probably through the roof. They were eighth in fumble luck recovery, so pretty good. Yeah, Fields fumbled 16 times and only lost two of them. Okay, so and, he had 13 turnovers. And he... Not as bad. Only recovered eight of them himself, which means he fumbled six times that a teammate recovered. That's fumble luck. Like, yeah. I get it. The ball... You know, there are times when a guy fumbles, but, like, it's, you know... He drops the ball. That's a quarterback. Like he drops the ball, falls at his feet. He picks it up. Like, yeah, technically a fumble, but not really. But Kyler Murray is the best example of that because he's so little that he just drops and just falls right on it. Just picks it up. But his teammates recovered six of them. 
That's insane fumble luck. Yep. He's loose with the dude. Justin Fields sucks. Like I'm so tired of this argument. Like everyone, I, I hate to make it a racial thing, and I don't mean to, but like it really feels like the media just like roots for guys who are black and who look black and who sound black, which Justin Fields does. Doesn't change the fact that he stinks. I kind of agree, and that's how I felt. Like that's why I think the public pressured the 49ers to take Trey Lance over Mac Jones. Like, I just felt like he fit the more, I don't know, like up-to-date, more modern profile, which is kind of coded, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that specific. Like, I, Mac Jones was just like, we knew what he was already. Yeah. And he is exactly what we thought he was going to be. Like, Mac Jones was like, you know what you're getting. Trey Lance, like, ceiling-wise, Lance's ceiling was always higher than Mac Jones. But his floor was much lower. And that was kind of the crux of the issue. And that's what we're seeing now is, like, he's looking a lot more like the floor than the ceiling to this point. And that was always very, very low with Trey Lance. Was this all the same draft? Fields was drafted the same year as Mac Jones, right? Yes. I believe that's so I don't and I agree with you that Justin Fields isn't very good but they drafted Trey Lance based on like ceiling there's no way Trey Lance's ceiling is as high as Justin Fields I know his throwing is bad Justin Fields is a much better athlete than Trey Lance and I haven't seen Trey Lance deliver very many accurate throws and he's playing with for one of the best offensive coaches in the league with stacked uh, with talent stacked around him. Like the Bears team around Justin Fields, it, again, I agree with you, but you can also admit it sucked, right? He didn't have a lot to work with last year. I think that's a fair that's a fair statement, right? I think he'll have a better season this year only because he can't be worse, but I, I think people that are thinking he's like, I mean, I've heard, he's like one of the most bet players to win MVP. Yeah. That's nuts. Justin Fields is not going to win league MVP. I would guess. I'm going to look it up now. I would I would guess he has better odds to win the MVP than Kirk Cousins. Yes, he 1,000%. Does. Yeah, he's plus 2,000. He has better. He's got better odds to win the MVP than Dak Prescott, Tua, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Geno Smith, Russell, Russell Wilson, which is that's crazy, kind of. I know Russell Wilson was terrible last year. Kirk Cousins, obviously, who's tied with Daniel Jones. I think Kenny Pickett has a better chance to win MVP than Justin Fields. And I don't say that like I'd rather bet Kenny Pickett at 50 to one than Fields at 20 to one, which I would, but I actually think he has a better chance to do it. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, What else are we talking about? I guess that pretty much. Oh no. Chicago's defense was just dead last with a bullet last year. They, (laughs) Traded Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn last year, and they went from, like, the worst in the league to even worse. Um, They did make some investments on that side of the ball. They signed Trey Edmonds to be the new middle linebacker, which is weird, right? You trade Roquan Smith because he's asking for too much money. Granted, Roquan Smith got $100 million. Trey Edmonds um, is getting $72 million. So they did save themselves $28 million, but it's kind of like – I don't know. Roquan Smith's probably a better football player. So you kind of just penny pinched for the same position. I, I That felt weird. And does anyone really – what's the what's the 
the GM's name for the Bears. It's Ryan Poles, right? That guy sucks. That guy hasn't done anything really. So I don't know him. Him getting rid of a good linebacker and signing another good linebacker to me. I don't know. It's I bet a best lateral move and their offensive line. While they could run block, they couldn't pass block for shit. So that's yeah. Some of that. Some of that has to do with fields, though. That's true. Running into sacks. They got he your has boy, no though. clue what's going on in the pocket at all. I don't even think if you asked him what's the pocket, he could define it. Do you um they got your boy DJ Moore though? Yeah, it's a tough spot for me because I love DJ Moore in fantasy and I always draft him and he always outperforms his ADP and ah, I just like him so much, but Fields is so freaking terrible but he has to throw to somebody right like they're it's not like they're not gonna have any yards through the air at all although they kind of did a few times last year i don't know i i fields if you want to go down the fantasy route like fields is really bad for uh the fantasy prospects of everyone on his team it makes every bear a risky proposition except him because he has the floor because of the rushing he's actually not a terrible fantasy quarterback i would draft justin fields in fantasy i just think he stinks at at football kind of like kyler murray actually kyler murray's a very good fantasy quarterback who's not a very good real life quarterback um a one bet that i'm looking for or looking at for the chicago bears is under six and a half wins their alternate win total which is plus 185 they have a seven and a half win total but they are favored in just six games next year yeah, it's their schedule because I was just looking at it. Like it's a it's an easy schedule, relatively speaking. But I saw that their win total was seven and a half, and I think that's bonkers. I don't think there's any chance this team wins eight games. Yeah, they're favored over the Packers week one. They're Which home. You think the Packers are going to win? I think the Packers are going to win that one. They're favored at Tampa Bay week two. At- <laughs> Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask. Oh no, bad news. If you look at the rest of that roster, it's pretty good. It, it it's in fact it's really good. I don't know if the Bears should be should be road favorites in Tampa. I think the market's a little too low on on Tampa or maybe in this case just too high in Chicago. Um I think it's a little both. They're favorite at home against the Raiders. I'm fine with that. They're favorite at home against the Panthers. No, I take the Panthers there. Favorite at home against the Cardinals in Week 16. We'll see. I mean, yeah, I mean if, if Kyle Murray comes back, I'll, I'll take the Cardinals in that situation because if Kyle Murray comes back, he's he he knows he's playing for his job. That's why he's coming back. And know? let's not rule out like we we have to take all of this and just pretend that you know Justin Fields is going to start 17 games. Like I, I know obviously injury risk is possible with everyone, but we've seen this before with these types of quarterbacks. He's a small guy who runs a lot. I don't think he's he, that dude is a brick house. He he's big, dude. I think he's big and athletic. I, I'm with you. It's he's not, not relative to the guys hitting him. Of course, I, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, they're also favored at home against the Falcons week 17, which I agree with. So I agree with them being favored in. Um, half of the games are favored and it's only wait one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. And half of the games that they're favored. I agree with that. So I, I would bet their alternate win total at plus plus one eighty five. That's, that's the way I'm looking, but actually plus plus one ten to go over, over under seven and a half wins. Isn't, isn't bad either. I mean, it's still a plus money payout. So, 
All right, let's go over to the AFC North. We'll start with the um, back-to-back AFC North champion, Cincinnati Bengals, which are um, slave favorites to win what is possibly the most competitive division in football. Um, right now, the Cincinnati Bengals are plus 150 to win the AFC North. Um, let me scroll up to my little sheet here. To win the Super Bowl, they're plus 1,100. The AFC, plus 550. Yes, to make the playoffs, minus 255. No, plus 215. The wins are 10.5, minus 130 is the over, plus 110 is the under. Um, Joe Burrow's got the second best odds to win the MVP. Jamar Chase is the odds on favorite to an offensive player of the year. They're they're pretty stacked, and everyone loves their defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, um, who's done a great job with not the best talent from Cincinnati. So um, do you have any reason to fade the Bengals, or did you hear any odds that you are interested in betting? No, I think the Bengals are going to win the division. Um, that's pretty much where I'm at with it. I think the uh, my pick to win this division are the Browns. I'm much higher on the Browns than everyone else. Um, you were last year too. How'd that work out? Fine. I won a couple games betting them. I, no. I, 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 yep. I, I won the Deshaun Watson's return game when I think they beat the Texans like 17 to six and didn't score any offensive points. I do remember that one. That was a funny one. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, mean, only, I, I didn't think they were going to be good. The only Bengals reservation I have is that they lost Jesse Bates and Von Bell, who I think were one of the better safety tandems in the league. And losing both of them makes me a little bit nervous. That would be my reservation. I like that they signed Orlando Brown and went out and address that offensive line, which has just been getting Joe Burrow murdered since he entered the league. Um, so I guess maybe their defense could take a step back, but yeah, that, that's me kind of nitpicking a little bit. I don't know. I, I, I don't like that they lost Bates and Bell. I, I think that was, I wish they could have kept one of them. I am glad Eli Apple's gone though. Um. Yeah, I, I I like Jesse Bates a lot, and Von Bell Von Bell played really well next to him um, as safeties. They were they were a strong tandem back there, and I agree. Orlando Brown was a huge pickup because their offensive line is trash. In fact, they're not but very also, good in I the trenches. Really, I really like what the Bengals did in the draft, though. Like, and they went pretty much all defense, and I love Miles Murphy. I think getting him, excuse me, I think getting him at twenty eight. Uh, he's a potential year one impact player late in the first round. DJ Turner at corner late in the second round. Even getting Jordan Battle out of Alabama. Like if you're gonna replace I wish they could have gotten the other Alabama safety, but uh he was a little bit out of their out of their range. Um well, Brian Branch, with, is that actually I mean they could have taken him, but I, I like the Murphy pick. I, I did like that for the Lions, by the way. I didn't mention it. I do think Brian Branch is was one of the more underrated players in this draft, and I think the Lions had such a weird draft because I feel like they totally botched the first round, but the second round and third round, I thought they did really well. Same. So it was kind of like a, a mixed bag. Um, but I like what the Bengals did in the draft. I like what their strategy was in the draft. They loaded up early on defense where, you know, they like we just mentioned, they lost some some big-time big players. But both Turner and Murphy have a 
very good opportunity to be year one contributors, which is what Cincinnati needed. They're a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. Um, so getting project picks was not the way to go. So I like what they did in the draft. I like that they brought in a franchise left tackle. Yeah, I just I, there's nothing that pulls me away from the Bengals winning this division right now. Yeah, I mean, it, the division's going to be a war because I do think all four teams could possibly win it. Except you the know. Browns, yeah. <laughs> now, dude, the Browns are going to be nasty this year. No, I, they're not. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Um, sure. But Joe Burrow is the number one graded quarterback in PFF. I mean, dude's dude's legit. I don't see them being bad as long as he's healthy. And I, and I wrote this about um, – about this about this yesterday, but like the really only argument for fading the Bengals is Joe Burrow getting injury, which or getting injured, which isn't a handicap. That's it's kind of a fa- yeah, and that's true of any team. Yeah, <laughs> every team bet bet them and go like, well, if their starting quarterback gets hurt, they're not going to win the division. Like, well, yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of how it works. I think the Except maybe Chiefs San are- Francisco. That's about the only team that that it doesn't matter. I think the Chiefs are going to go under their win total because Patrick Mahomes will get hurt. Okay. Um, And yeah, I mean, they got kind of like they were um, fifth and fourth quarter win variants. But to me, that's mostly because Joe Burrow's a G and he's going to pull out close games. They were very lucky. Uh, They did have injury luck last year. They were 10th and adjusted games lost to injury on the good side. And I do think all three AFC North offenses will improve next year, except for and what you would think is the Browns. I, I think the Browns are going to get better next year. We'll talk about them in a minute. Um, but I think the Bengals finished second in this division at 11-6. and six. Um, Let's go on to the Baltimore Ravens. I'm a much bigger Lamar fan, I think, than you. You're anti-Lamar, right? You don't like put, being put in a box. Well, why don't you give me your Lamar take? I am not anti Lamar. Like I just, I, God damn it. Again, I I feel as though Lamar is very much what we just talked about. His name is Lamar. He looks black. He sounds black. The media wants him to succeed. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is a top ten NFL quarterback for sure. I don't think his shelf life is very long. I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to be starting in the NFL at age 35. Um, I think signing him to that long-term massive money deal will ultimately, I mean, look, it was the, the Ravens were in a tough spot because it's like, well, anybody you get to replace Lamar Jackson isn't as good as a healthy Lamar Jackson this season. So, you know, is it worth it if let's say the Ravens win the Super Bowl this year and then Lamar Jackson's career falls off a cliff and you still have to pay him for, but it's like, yeah, well, you want you paid two hundred and fifty million dollars. You want a Super Bowl? I think most owners would probably trade two hundred and fifty million dollars for a Super Bowl. So that's kind of the deal they made. He makes them better. I worry about his longevity. I worry about the fact that he's not nearly as good a passer. I mean, people like to use crazy statistics to be like, "Look at he's better," and it's like, just watch him play, man. Like, just for once, watch somebody play. Like the number of receivers that he badly misses is it's staggering and he's missed 10 games in the last two years like i do think think his receivers sucked 
Like I think Marquise Brown was ter- like as soon as they drafted him, I'm like, oh, that is a terrible pick, terrible. I mean, Rashad Bateman was injured. I think most of last year, but they got o- Odell Beckham this year, and that guy always gets injured. Um, Nelson Aguilar, they signed him too. I think Nelson Aguilar sucks. Zay Flowers is a rookie that they draft in the first round. Who knows? I think the Steelers are going to finish higher in the division than the Ravens, if that's what you're driving at. I wasn't. I think that I had to to find someone to lose games, so my pick was the Steelers. Um, I do think the Ravens do have a 10-7 record. Um, I don't even know who I have making the playoffs. Right now, I didn't do it for the Ravens. I did it for every other team we talked about. But their odds to win the Super Bowl are plus 1,800, to win the AFC plus 1,000. The AFC North plus um, 235. Uh, the the playoffs, yes, is minus 170. No's plus 140. Wins 10.5. Unders juice slightly to minus 115. Um, if you're going to bet... The Baltimore Ravens, and I wrote this as well. If you're going to bet them plus 235 to win this division, I think you should just bet Lamar Jackson plus 1,500 to win the MVP because there's just no way the Baltimore Ravens win this division without 17 games of Lamar Jackson balling. Like, I do think their defense took a a slight step back. Um, They lost a little bit of depth in their secondary. I love Roquan Smith. I think he, next to Patrick Queen, Helps Patrick Queen so much, who's just got crazy raw athleticism. Um, but they don't have legit pass rushers, and they don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So what I'm saying is that like Baltimore is more of an offensive team, and like Lamar is going to have to put up 40 plus touchdowns if the Baltimore Ravens are going to win this division. So if you're looking at the Baltimore Ravens and you're really high on them coming into this year, I would I would recommend you either not betting them to win the AFC North and betting Lamar Jackson to win an MVP instead or splitting the unit in half and betting half on them to win the division and half on Lamar Jackson to win the the uh, the MVP. Uh, any thoughts on that analysis? No, that makes sense. I don't think either is going to happen, but I, I, don't, I don't hate where you're coming from logically. Yeah, I'm showing my math and you can – you understand it, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think they can. They're going to be one of the. I think they'll be one of the AFC playoff teams. I don't think they'll win the division. I think they'll be behind the Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati, um, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, but they'll finish ahead of the next team. Um, I think at least you disagree. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who are plus five thousand to win the Super Bowl, uh, same odds as Kenny Pickett to win. The MVP, um, which I just found out here talking to you. They're plus 3,000 on the AFC, plus 450 to win the AFC North. To make the playoffs, yes, is plus 135, no, minus 155. Heavy juice on their regular season wins, which is 8.5, minus 140 on the over, uh, plus 120 on the under. Uh, Mike Tomlin has 16 consecutive seasons of non-losing seasons, which is an NFL record. The Pittsburgh Steelers go from the second toughest schedule in the league last year to the 11th easiest this year. Um, But they were one of the healthiest teams in the NFL last year, which is obviously bound for regression. They were 7-5 in one-score games. I mean, that's that's a crazy amount of one-score games. 12 out of 17 games came down to 
uh, pretty much coin flips. But Tomlin's a G, and I, I think Kenny Pickett's the goods. Me and you argued about that a lot last year. Um, and I'm happy that you came around. Um, Actually, so let me say it this way. I'm coming around. Okay. Not fully there, but I'm coming around. So what do you what have you seen in Kenny Pickett that makes you like him a little bit more? A couple of those late game drives I didn't think he had in him. He broke my heart on at least two different occasions last year on bets that I thought I had won, and then he put together a last minute drive to win football games and in bad weather too, which is, you know, one of the knocks of his, you know, small hands, two gloves. Um, I mean, if you can you can drive your team down the field in the snow and the cold. I'm not worried about your hand size. No, absolutely. And he would do it in a lot of different ways. Like he could run to throw. He could, he's actually like sneaky athletic. So he run to pick up long, like third down conversions. Um, I, I've been a Kenny Pickett guy. I thought he was uh good coming out of college, although he was a little bit old. I don't know why that was used against him in the draft process as much, but whatever, you're more of a, uh, a draft guru than I am. Um, but I'll apply the, the same analysis to the Steelers I did with the the um, with the Ravens above. And if you think the, the Steelers could win the AFC North, even if you think they're going to win 10 games, I think Mike Tomlin to win Coach of the Year at plus 2,500 is just a better bet. He's, again, he's got the most um, consecutive non-losing yeah, seasons. Yeah, but see, that, that works against him when it comes to those awards. Because, like, it's like a... Quentin Tarantino movie where it's like you're judged against yourself and I think the expectations for Mike Tomlin are just so high that when he wins 10 games with this team people go like well yeah that's what he was supposed to do it's what he does fair but counterpoint he's never won this award yet before which is kind of crazy if you think about it again like it's it's not only him but it's the Steelers like people just expect the Steelers to be good yeah, so again, but I think all the momentum about him never having a losing season, and then the Steelers obviously having—I don't know, maybe not obvious to you—but I think obviously having the fourth best quarterback in this division, and I think the fourth most talented team in this division. I, you could argue they're more talented than the Ravens, but it's close. I think that helps his argument this year. But you do make valid points. The Steelers are. Uh, one of America's teams and he is um, expected to do well every year. So that's, that's a fair point, but what I mean, are Dan Campbell's odds to win. Cause I feel like everyone thinks like he's got it locked up again. <laughs> he's the favorite. Of course he is. Yeah. I, of course he's the favorite. Yeah. God, but I get, what would you rather bet? Would you rather, rather bet Dan Campbell at plus eight fifty or Mike Tomlin at plus 2,500? Because even if they win the division, is it really unexpected? I mean, they're the favorites to win the division. He's the favorite for coach of the year. It's not really this is, doing this anything. Surpri- it's not going to surprise you at all, but you know who Mike Tomlin has the same odds as that I would rather bet? Is it going to be Brandon Staley? It's Brandon Staley. I don't know. He's kind of the opposite of Todd. Like Everyone thinks he stinks, so when the Chargers win the AFC West, which they're going to, it's going to be hard to not give Brandon Staley coach of the year when they unseat the Chiefs this year. Uh, to back up what you're saying, 
the same analysis I gave about Lamar in Baltimore, <laughs> Tomlin and the Steelers, you can apply to Staley and the Chargers. If they win that division, yeah. Like, I don't know what the Chargers' odds are to win the division. I'll pull it up here in a second. But I can tell you, Brandon Staley plus 2,500 is a much juicier payout and much, uh, well, a much better only, bet to have the account. It is, and I understand that um, where you're coming from. The problem is you just don't know how the season's going to play out. And so, yeah. yeah, the Chargers could win the division, but, like, let's just say, I don't know, let's say the Bears go, like, 15-2. and two. Like, their coach is winning coach of the year. Like, Eberflus is winning coach of the year. Yeah. And there's not, like, winning the AFC West isn't going to overtake that thing, whatever that thing is this year, or the Colts come out and with Anthony Richardson, a rookie and they win 12 games. Like you're not the problem with, with betting a coach of the year, especially for like a Staley people do expect the chargers to be good. Yeah. He does have an elite quarterback. Right. So, and that's going to be held against him too, which is why I like if in my view, I would rather apply your Lamar logic and say that if they win the AFC West Herbert MVP still more likely than Staley coach of the year, but they might sweep them all this year. We'll see. When they go 17 and 0. Man. I wish you were here to talk to some of my Charger fans. Uh friend fans. Fan friends, excuse me. Um all right, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns who I think this will be a short Ooh. conversation since they you suck. um you don't they like suck. the Cleveland Browns and I do. But they are plus 3500 to win the Super Bowl plus what? I wrote this down wrong. Plus 3,000 on the AFC. No way that's possible. They are plus 1,800 to win the AFC. Uh, plus 3,500 to win the Super Bowl. Plus 380 to win the AFC North. Yes to make the playoffs is plus 115. No is minus 135. The over or the wins is 9.5 with the under juice to minus 135. Um, I really like Miles Garrett to win Defensive Player of the Year. At DraftKings, he's um, plus seven fifty. I I uh, got him at nine to one. Uh, he's had sixteen sacks in each of the last two seasons. They got him some help on the defensive line with uh, Dalvin Tomlinson and a Houston Texans edge rusher whose name I'm not even going to take it. I'm not even going to attempt. Uh, I'll butcher it, but he's really good. He has high uh, pass rush win rates and stuff. Um, and I think the higher of uh, defensive, sometimes you unknowingly deliver the funniest analysis in this business. Did I say the and stuff? Just that whole thing. Or like, I'm not going to say his name, but he has good pass rush win weight. So he's good. <laughs> I mean, he, the numbers are good on him. I don't know. You, do you want me to find his name? Do you want to try it out? I don't, I have it, but I, and I know who it is, but I, Come on. Okoronkwo? Actually, it doesn't look that hard. I think it's Okoronkwo. I think you're right. Oh, they also got Sedaria Smith. So they got three three really good um, uh, defensive linemen to help Garrett out. And I think Jim Jim Schwartz is a proven defensive coordinator. He, he knows what he's doing. Um, and I think he's been on a Super Bowl winning staff before maybe i have that wrong either way 
it all kind of boils down to Deshaun Watson bouncing back from a terrible uh, six or five games that he played last year. I guess it would be six um, because he was suspended for 11 of them um, for his massage parlor nonsense. But Whoa. Show what? some respect for the Show some respect for the victims, bro. We could keep going. Yeah. You can cut that out if you want. Yeah. <laughs> um but I like dude, I think they had a top ten offense. Kevin Stefanski, um, the coach of the of the of the Browns who won the coach of the year, I think, in two thousand nineteen. Uh has coached up the Browns to have a top ten offense with a, with uh Baker Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett running things. Uh again, if 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 Deshaun Watson is if last year's Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is just what he is moving forward, then then this this bet is is garbage, and the Browns are are going to be shit in this division, probably the worst team in this division. But there's really just no precedent for a top five, top ten quarterback falling off a cliff in his mid twenties. I mean, the kid he's twenty seven years old right now. There's just it, there's nothing there's there'd be nothing like it. It makes sense him spending as much time as he did away from football that he was bad being thrown right into the fire um in week 13 last year. So I Yeah, this could be his this mulligan. could be his Mike Vick year. Yeah, dude. Um even though I think Mike Mike Vick lost 100 million dollars and was playing for a new contract Chris Deshaun Watson got a full that's guarantee. Oh, well, that's a that's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. I uh, got but a Vic full guarantee. Vick did have one one good year after he had one like bench year and then he came back and had one good year and he was 30 when he did that and like you said Watson is not 30 why do you think this team sucks so bad you just don't think Deshaun Watson get back to to good football no I don't what is it is it just eyeball tests is that all you're gonna give me yeah it's the Browns I this is I just hate the Browns so much and I just don't want them to succeed and I don't like to bet Whoa. on on things that I – and I actually hate the Steelers too, which is weird that I – but they burned me so many times that finally I'm switching. So maybe this is now the time to uh, – Are we talking about your feelings? This is interesting. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is triangulated between Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. Uh, the town is dominated by Steelers and Browns fans mostly. Very few Bills fans, or at least when I was growing up. I'm sure there are more now. Um, and they're just – Browns fans are awful. <laughs> like for for a fan base that hasn't won any, like Steelers fans are awful, but at least like they win and stuff. So it's like you know they they're kind of braggadocious about yeah. that. But like Browns fans are like unrealistic, like not unreal. They're um, uh, undeservedly arrogant for a team that hasn't done shit in ever. I mean, they moved their team to Baltimore. This isn't even the original Browns team. That's true. Which is the most embarrassing thing about their franchise. Not even them wearing bags over their heads for years on end. But a yeah, few teams so every in Browns this fan I know, every Browns fan I know is like, this is the year. Which makes me think it's not the year because that's always the way it works. I feel uh, one of our coworkers, Anthony Ferris, is from Cleveland, and he seems to be like a, the most realistic Browns fan I've ever met. He doesn't think they're going to be well. He's expecting the worst, hoping I for the think best. He's, I think he's saying that out loud, but I think in his heart, 
he thinks they're going to be good because all Browns fans do. Maybe, but at least he's at least he <laughs> at least he's saying the right things out loud, right? At least you can at least give him credit for that. I, I do. I absolutely do. I mean, you want to call a lot him of, bullshit, but I know a lot of loudmouth Browns fans for sure, and he's not one of them. Um, I think Amar- I mean Amari Cooper is a, a number one wide receiver. They have a top ten offensive line. Nick Chubb is the best or a top five running back who actually matters. Um, and I like them uh, uh, taking a flyer in Elijah Moore to, to help out the wide receiver uh, group there. They they could use a little more help for pass catchers. David Njoku, I think, has always been a little overrated, honestly. But, you know, he's a legit starting tight end. And, again, it all falls into place that Deshaun Watson is better than the 35th graded out of 39 um, quarterbacks by PFF. So if, if he plays like he did last year, then, then then screw me, screw the Browns. But if he plays 90% of like he did uh, for the Houston Texans in his final year there, then the Browns should be contending for the playoffs come season end. So that's where I'm at. I'm buying the, I guess, the long tail of the Browns. I got them at plus 4,000. They're down to plus 3,500. And, I'm cool with it. We'll see. Well, that's all we got here for the AFC and NFC North breakdowns. Which two divisions do you want to do next week? I'll let you call it. Uh, We should save the East for last. Okay. So we're going South. AFC and NFC South. All right, guys, Uh, I appreciate you tuning in here. Hopefully you can leave us some positive review on Apple Podcasts or show us some love on uh, the Twitter machine or x.com, whatever you want to call it now. Uh, Check out Dan's team-by-team previews at uh, outkick.com. Sometimes it's in the sports section. Sometimes it's in the betting section. I don't know why you do it that way. The editors would probably be pissed about that. (laughs) I don't do anything. Oh, all right. Fair enough. That has nothing to do with me. Um, well, either way, if you just go, if you do outkick team by team previews, you'll find Dan Z's awesome work. I'm pumping out NFL preview future bets. I don't know. I've been doing it the yeah. whole summer. I'll continue to do it. So you can find me. Um, Google outkick NFL team by team and, uh, it'll come up and you'll, you'll see all of them there. I have, uh, just finished actually the chiefs just went up and i have the 49ers coming tomorrow so as of as of tomorrow morning the entire afc and nfc west will be on the site uh i'm following the same format as this podcast where i'll be covering the afc and nfc north next week and uh keep an eye out for those and follow me on x at real danzac all right talk to you guys next week peace